The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. This is Wildcat Insider with the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson, and KMAN Sports Director, Mitch Fortner. Gosh dang it. I was in a good mood. I was in a good mood until about, what, an hour or so ago? (sighs) The United States had it 1-0. And then Wales gets a PK. They score. and And the Americans only get a point out of that draw. God. I'm not going to lie, it's, that's disappointing. Really disappointing. A really good first half from the Americans. And then it was complete momentum the other way for the second 45. Welcome to Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner and Travion Berklin. Wyatt Thompson is in the Cayman Islands. He's calling tonight's matchup featuring Kansas State and the Rams of Rhode Island for a 6.30 tip-off. Pre-game will start at 5.30, so we're only on for an hour and a half if the Cats win We will have another 6.30 start tomorrow, so that means another short show. If the Cats fall to Rhode Island, which Mitch Palm does not see that happening, and Mitch Palm is coming up at 5.10, that'll be a 4 o'clock tip. So either a short show or no show, and by the way, we're already short anyway this week. We're off Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So we're going to hear from Wyatt Thompson in here in just a moment, but God, I can't get over it. I can't get over it. had such a good weekend. Such a good weekend. It really started on Thursday. It really did with that doubleheader for hoops. The K-State women's basketball team pulling off a monster upset, one of the best games I've ever seen in Bramlage Coliseum. And then USA Soccer. God, I'm, I'm, I'm literally bitter about this. True story. And then also I'm seeing these rumors ramp up again about Chris Kleiman in the Nebraska job. Somebody tweeted out that like Chris Kleiman is like in the top four, or like, and I, I don't even know if this is even a credible that credible of a source. Let's see how many followers this person have. Five thirty one. I mean, come on. I think people are just talking. People are just talking. Message boards talking. If Chris Kleiman leaves Kansas State for Nebraska, I'll sell my dog. That's how confident I am that that's not going to happen. Just doesn't make that much sense to me. Okay, sure he could get more money. He got a he got a a, a raise for getting the eight wins this year. Now eight and three on the year, and now he's going to be making over four million moving forward through the end of his contract, at least topping out at four point three. I don't think Chris Kleiman. It just doesn't make sense. It really just doesn't make sense to me. K-State is a, is a better spot than Nebraska. No doubt about it. Still to come in, uh, in Wildcat Insider, like I mentioned, Mitch Palm is coming up at 5-10 against Rhode Island. Oh, the mad scientist back at it again. Ken Palm is nothing on Mitch Palm, I'll guarantee you that. We're also going to hear from Will Howard, uh, who spoke to the media after the game on Saturday. Another start and another victory for Will. The offense putting up 48 points. Well, shouldn't say the offense. K-State is a team with 48 points, 41 of that coming from the offense. And after Will Howard had that bad interception, a bad mistake, uh, and he did throw another ball like that, I was like, oh, boy, Will, what are we doing here? You know what? He, 
they overcame. They overcame in what was at that point a hot start, turned drastically 180, and then the offense scores 27 straight. A wild first half turns into a defensive half in the second half. Let's go ahead and bring now in Wyatt Thompson. Voice of the Wildcats is going to join us here for a couple of segments. Wyatt, traveling to the Cayman Islands, did you just go basically from Morgantown to the Caymans? No, we actually had a young man on Bob Huggins' staff at the University of West Virginia uh, take Stan and Matt and I from Morgantown to Pittsburgh, uh, stayed at a hotel near the airport there or right at the airport. And then uh, uh, Sunday morning, Matt flew back to Manhattan, did the women's game yesterday, and Stan and I flew from Pittsburgh to Miami, had a little two-hour delay in Miami, and then from Miami to uh, the Grand Caymans, I actually got in here yesterday afternoon about 2.30 Eastern time. So it was a little bit odd, but uh, uh, for the most part, with the way travel is in the world these days, I think we got along pretty good. So Bob Huggins was just gracious enough to set some set some sort of travel up for you so you could get to Pittsburgh and get to the Cayman Islands? Well, let, let, let's, let's full disclosure this here, okay? okay. Uh, I think we contacted Bob Huggins and probably worked more with uh, former Wildcat Josh Eilert. Uh, I'm sure you may remember Josh, sure. a good man from Kansas, um, a former walk-on at K-State. He's the guy that set us up with Mason, the young man who took care of us, and and he was great. He, he was fun. Uh, we had a really nice visit after a big football win, and uh, he got us to uh, the airport area and the hotel. And the only problem is, is uh, we only got about three and a half hours sleep. <laughs> our, uh, my alarm went off at 3.15 on Sunday morning to, because our flight was at whatever it was, 6 o'clock or 6.10, I guess, uh, from Pittsburgh to Miami. But, hey, with, with the way Saturday went and, uh, you know, getting here and excited for this tournament, that's all good. I hope you got a good view at the hotel. You got some water in your uh, in your view? Absolutely. We're staying at the Weston, and as I look out uh, my door here, uh, it's, oh boy, maybe a couple of hundred steps to the water. Oh. Uh, it's probably about uh, 25 steps to a really, really nice pool. I'll have to send you a couple of pictures, Mitch. You, you, you'd like it. Uh, took a little walk this morning with my wife, and um, we, we actually had uh, our first cup of coffee out on the out on the little deck outside our room here, looking at the, the pool and the ocean and all of those kind of cool things. So <laughs> uh, that, that was really, really great. Let's jump back to the game in Morgantown on Saturday. The Cats win 48-31, and K-State now 8-3 yeah. and three with a 6-2 and two record in Big 12 play. I mean, it was a, a difference in, in halves once again, where in the first – well, in second half, it was just really all defense. Joe Klanerman making some great adjustments, but in the first half, it was like who's going to show up on defense. When they did, it turned into points, but the offenses were really boogieing that first half. Well, they were. Uh, now, in fairness, there was a, a pick six both ways in that first uh, part of the ball game, but it had been a while since I had done a game quite like that where it's 28 to – 19 after the first quarter right <laughs> that was not exactly what we were expecting uh and then you get to the halftime and it's you know 41 to 25 uh and then no points scored at all in the third and k-state scored a touchdown and, and an extra point in the fourth and west virginia scored six so it was an odd game from that perspective but um you know i think one of the significant things that i'm going to remember after the game is when we're talking with with Coach Kleiman, 
uh, Stan asked him about what'd you say to Will Howard after the pick six, and I'm sure you heard this. He said absolutely nothing, and he went right back out there and started ripping again, and, and things were good. I, I thought Will, with uh, some 30 family members and friends there, played well. Um, and, and the one part of the game, Mitch, that I will say that kind of played out the way that I thought it would was is that. West Virginia does a good job of kind of neutralizing your run game. And I thought they did a pretty good job of that in combination. You know, I think between Deuce and, and DJ Giddens, K-State got their yards, but it was not easy. But uh, to, to get the game out of reach, they had to throw for nearly 300. I think it was 294 for, for Will. So it, a little bit of a strange game, but I sat here and look at my numbers and, and uh, the reality of it is, and, and I, I think every K-State fan everywhere would appreciate this Kansas state, is two and one in the conference at home and four and one in the conference on the road. Doesn't get a lot better than that. Oh, I mean, four wins in, in conference play on the road. I think that's, yeah. that, that, doesn't that tie the best mark in program history for most wins on the road well, in conference play? With, yeah, I, I, I think the four road wins does tie a K State record. Um, uh, I, I'll double check on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what we uh, talked about with, with Stan on Saturday. He's got all of that right there at his fingertips, of course. And uh, yeah, so I think I think the, it tied a record, so that's awesome. I want to go back to the uh, talking about the defense and talking about the secondary. Certainly, a tale of two halves. But did you feel like for a while there, there was just some because they gave up some big plays, miscommunications. It was different not having Kobe Savage back there. It was. It wasn't just that. I think there was a combination of that. I think there was a combination. I don't think K-State tackled all that well early. But probably the biggest key was is that West Virginia was able to run early on, and I think that helped Garrett Green, and then all of a sudden they're able to do both. I mean, you look at his numbers for for a guy who's known as a runner, uh, 15 of 27 for 204 yards and three touchdowns. That three touchdowns was career high. And they did get the big play on the 71-yard touchdown pass. Uh, so, so they did some good things offensively. But as you say, I think K-State made some adjustments at halftime clearly and did it through, again, issues because Sincere Mason, after the pick six, was injured and didn't come back. And I think they're concerned about where he's at. I haven't heard anything more today, but uh, you worry about that because he was filling in, of course, as a starter uh, for Kobe Savage. So. Um, it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but uh, you find a way. Now, back to the offense. I want to give some props to the season that Malik Knowles is having. I know, you know, Cade Warner has done such a great job in Big 12 play. He has multiple touchdowns. Ben Sinnott has now become a star over the last two games because that connection between he and Will just couldn't be any better. And those two are really good friends. But I think it needs to be pointed out Malik Knowles is having a career season. Not only did he have he's he had a couple of career days, but 669 yards on the year, that's by far his best season. I just I'll get your thoughts on Malik Knowles as well, but I think he has just exceeded expectations. And I think maybe a part of that is the way Will Howard is ripping the football. Well, I, I agree with that because here are the realities. Malik has played in 48 career games. I've got the stats right in front of me here. He has four career 100-yard receiving games, and three of those are this year. He had six for 111 and one uh, on Saturday, had uh, eight catches, 113 yards against Oklahoma State. So you, you kind of get a, a pretty good sense that uh, he's, he's really done well. 44 catches, uh, you know, based on what he has done. I mean, he had 29 for 441 a year ago. So, yeah, I, I think that 
is a, a good catch on your part. I, I think Malik has really done a nice job. Um, I think he, Philip, and, and Kate have all been, you know, really rock solid all along. But I, I think what has helped those guys, and I think they'd be the first to admit it to you, is, is uh, the growth that we've seen out of Ben Sennett. And, and also, to a, to a smaller degree, uh, Sammy Wheeler. Sammy, had, I mean, he's never had a, you know, a big, big day catching the ball. His career high in catches is three. But he had two catches uh, Saturday for 44 yards, and both were pretty big plays at the time. So I think everybody's kind of doing their part. And that's the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. When we come back more with Wyatt, we'll talk K-State hoops after the break on Wildcat Insider. The fourth annual Cayman Islands Classic is underway. Top half of the bracket is already done with their first round games. Game number one, LSU takes down Illinois State, 77-61. Akron knocks off Western Kentucky in game number two, 72-53. On K-State's half of the bracket, the first game is underway between a couple of undefeateds, Nevada and Tulane. So K-State hoops might get a chance to get some revenge over Tulane for the football team. That game is in uh, is underway. It is in the first half. Nevada leads with 9.55 to go in the first, 17-12. Tulane with a late scratch to their lineup right before the game, and that's Talon Cook, uh, who's actually only played one game so far for the Green Wave this season, and he scored 23 points. He was set 75% from the floor. Uh, can be a very strong score, so we'll see how that turns out. Nevada 4-0 entering today. Tulane is... 3-0, and and again, the Cats and Rams of Rhode Island will tip off at plan to be 6.30 with a pregame 5.30, that's for sure, pregame 5.30 right here on K-Man. And the game also televised on Flow Hoops, so if anybody has a login I can borrow, that would be fantastic. All right, let's meet up again and let's talk with K-State, voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. All right, that's football. Now I want to take some time and, and, and talk a little bit about K-State men's basketball, that's the reason why you're in the Cayman Islands. They'll play the next three days, including tonight, against Rhode Island. And that is a 6.30 central time tip-off. And unfortunately, that's on Flow Hoops. you got to pay for that, right? So right here on Cayman right. is where you can listen to Wyatt and Stan. But uh, you know, let's quickly just jump back to the Kansas City game where K-State wins 69-53. And I feel like that was a game that... I think fans were a little disappointed in just by the results and maybe just by the overall execution of the game. But K-State still wins by 16 against a team that, you know, is kind of a pain sometimes in the Kansas City ruse. But K-State led by Keontae Johnson with 19, 16 from Cam Carter. I love seeing Cam really get going, especially in the three-point shooting game where he knocked down four. He was awesome to watch. Well, he was. He he was four out of seven, I think, in that first half from three and and – I think what probably disappointed Coach Tang is that I don't think he took a, a three-point field goal try in, in the second half, and and you know some of that's on on you know other guys around him, but some of that's probably on Cam. It was an interesting game from the standpoint of I think K State against the zone struggled early, then made some adjustments to it. When they moved the ball against the zone, I thought they were okay. They weren't great, but they were okay. But I thought. You know, the first part of the second half, there was just too much standing and not enough pace, as Coach says, and moving it, getting it swung from side to side. And, and it, it kind of showed because, you know, K-State was just, in, in the first half, the Cats shot 48%, and in the second half, just 
just about 35 and a half percent. That's a pretty significant difference, really. Um, and, and I think it's all about them. Um, again, not discounting Kansas City because I thought they did a nice job. But to me, it was more about what K-State wasn't doing as opposed to what they were doing. That's just one guy's opinion, though. No, I hear you. And I thought, you know, even though the offense had its struggles, the defense still played very well. And I think that's, Coach Tang has said many times, that's where they're going to start. And that's where the emphasis is, is defense. We're always going to play good defense. And I got to say, I think through three games, I think we've seen K-State really play consistent defense. It's just, you know, the offense quite isn't as consistent as it should be. But if you're playing great defense the whole game, that's going to help you win some games, obviously. Well, for sure. And, and when you look at the overall numbers, and again, I guess you can always make what you want of that, but I, I think what sticks out is K-State is, is giving up just 55.3 points per game. Um, they have turned teams over 70 times in three games. That's 23, almost 23 and a half per game. And they themselves, uh, kind of still getting used to each other's play, uh, K-State has turned it over 43 times, which, which is not great. You know, but it's it's also not terrible. It's about 14. I think Coach has said he'd like to have it around 12-ish. So they're getting closer after a little bit of a slow start there. Um, for me, I'm like you. I, the defense, you know, probably doesn't slump. That's all effort and, and execution. Um, I thought there were times the other night where, especially in the first half, where they did get good ball movement. Now it's about, you know, making shots. And I'm not picking on anyone, but just kind of trying to make my point here, pointing it out. I think uh, Naquan Tomlin was three of 11, and I thought he played better than those numbers show. Uh, and, and he'd be the first to probably say he could have been seven or eight out of 11. Would you agree with that? I mean, yeah. he, he had some good shots in close and just, just didn't work out. And, and it, it does happen, and defense is part of that too. But uh, I, I think offensively they've made some strides, but – they're the first uh, to line up and say, we've got a little ways to go there yet. Still still working on it. Maybe the most consistent thing about the offense is highlight reel passes from Marquise Noel leading to a big <laughs> dunk by somebody. It's yeah. just, I, I, what I love is we got a team that can finally handle his passes because he's, he's very yeah. impromptu highlight plays. Well, it's a good point, and, and I will add to that. I, I think what impresses me most, and because I've seen Marquise make those kind of plays before but here's what should stand out to all fans uh of marquise noel 20 assists and only four turnovers oh if you go back and look at the first three or four games from last year i don't know that you're going to see numbers anywhere in the vicinity of that i guess what i'm saying is is i think they've really worked with him on taking better care of the ball and making better decisions i think he's trying really really hard to do that um and, and I tip my cap to him. I, I think he's done a nice job of that. And even last year, Marquise Noel was you know, one of the best in the Big 12 at assist-to-turnover ratio, and he still had too many turnovers. I think that's fair to say, but his assist yeah. numbers were so high. You're right. Two things he's really done better statistically is his three-point shooting and now the uh, you know less turnovers. Absolutely, he's taking care yeah. of the ball a little bit more. All right, Wyatt, well, I'll keep you here for a few more minutes because I want to ask you about – the Cayman Islands Classic, and the Rhode Island matchup today at 6.30. So your thoughts on just the tournament and uh, what we should expect out of the matchup with the Rams tonight? Well, I, I, I really like the field. I, I think, I mean, looking at that top part of the bracket, you've got Illinois State and LSU. You've got Akron and Western Kentucky. 
and I think LSU and Western Kentucky are pretty good teams. And I'd be a little surprised if they didn't win. Uh, and then, you know, the game right before us, Nevada Tulane, and we would get the winner and or loser of that one. Uh, I, I'm anxious to see that. I don't know um, who I would I would take, just kind of studying those teams a little bit, but not seeing them. I, I want to see that one. And then you've got K-State and Rhode Island. Rhode Island is an interesting team from the standpoint of um, they, they've got, you know, a couple of two or three guys that are veteran, uh, and, and they have um, stumbled a little bit. They've lost to a couple of teams that I would say are good teams that uh, aren't necessarily what you'd describe as good good names. <laughs> uh, Quinnipiac is a, a pretty good team that is favored to win their league. Texas State's a, a decent club. Uh, they lost both of those games and then beat Stony Brook, um, well, I guess last Tuesday, 74-64. But those, those two or three veterans uh, are surrounded by lots of talent, but uh, lots of youth and, and a new staff. Archie Miller, uh, who had been at Dayton and, Ellen, and, and uh, Indiana as their coach. And, um, you know, they're still kind of, you know, trying to figure themselves out a little bit too. So I think it'll be a, a fun, fun game. But listen for the names of Malik Martin, who's a 6'6", 3'4", uh, man, and then uh, Ish Leggett, uh, their two-guard, pretty good little player. Um, and then I, I guess we'll just kind of see how it plays out. I, I think K-State's certainly the better team. Um, let's see how they do. And I, I can report this too. I, I got to tell you, this this is a unique place. I think the kids have had a blast. And again, they were here a good 24 you know, plus hours ahead of me. But uh, you, you can just tell by the looks on their faces and the conversations, they're having a ball and uh, ready to play some hoops, though. And I think they want to win this tournament. <laughs> is is the gym, is it like kind of more like a gymnasium or is it lean towards an arena? Oh, no, it's it's definitely a gymnasium. Okay. I went there last night, checked out my lines and uh, watched the guys practice a little bit. And um, I'll tell a little quick funny story here. Um, I, I saw where my media spot is there on the floor, and I said to the tournament media director, could you show me the the uh, the media room, please? And he said, yeah. And he stood up, and we walked right behind us, and behind us are the stands. And there's there are seats. And then there's a little space and more seats. <laughs> the media room is the little space between the two. <laughs> and they had they had a table uh, back against the wall there and a copy machine and about 30 reams of paper. That was their media room. Hey, it was hilarious. You had to be there, but it was awesome. At, it was least they, at least they got the copy machine. They can print out some stats for those media timeouts. That's, and, it. Uh, That's exactly right. It was cool, though. It, 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 it'd be like... Um, I equated it to a little bit to like the gym uh, when we were at the Maui. Okay. Um, you know, but as a matter of fact, I had one of the guys say to me yesterday when this tournament started a few years ago that most of the people here on, on the island really didn't understand basketball at all now. But at least they know kind of what it is. They may not totally understand it, but they're learning and getting better at it. So I thought that was kind of neat too. All right, Wyatt. Well, I really appreciate your time. I'll let you go. Don't have too many Mai Tais on the, uh, on the beach. Uh, and expecting right, some, I appreciate it. Yeah, expecting some great basketball. Thank you, Wyatt. You bet your partner. Good talking to you. It's Voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson on Wildcat Insider. His call coming up tonight beginning at 5.30. Pre-game, Cats-Rams. That small state of Rhode Island does have a college, and their basketball team is going to take on the Cats in the Cayman Islands Classic. Tonight at 6.30, the game televised on Flow Hoops. The game right here on K-Man. You can listen to it for free. Good old radio for free. 
All right, when we come back, segment three, always dedicated to the quarterback, we'll hear from, hear from Will Howard after the break on Wildcat Insider. It is Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, flying solo. Well, not flying solo technically, but uh, Travion Berklin is here But when talking about the Cats. No, Wyatt, well, he just joined us, but Wyatt's down at the Caymans for the Cayman Islands Classic, 6.30 for the tip between K-State and Rhode Island. Update from the Nevada-Tulane game, two undefeateds battling it out. In game number three today, Nevada with a one-point lead with 4.22 to go in the opening half. 24 to 23. Again, that game is on Flow Hoops. The Cats will tip at 6:30. There's a number of players that stood out to me for their efforts this past Saturday. Daniel Green playing very aggressive. He made some big plays. Brennan Mott was named player, uh, defensive player of the year in the, or in the of the week in the Big 12. He had three sacks in the game. Shout out to Felix as well. He helped create a couple of those sacks. Malik Knowles with 111 and a touchdown. He's now has 669 yards receiving. He's having himself a career season. Of course, you can't forget about Will Howard. 19 of 27 for 294, two touchdowns, an interception, plus one rushing touchdown. Want to give KSU underscore fan credit for these stats because Adrian, without having Adrian, K State has been very fortunate to have a now reliable backup quarterback. Much more reliable than in the past. He has grown up so much in Will Howard. 18 touchdowns and 31 non-offensive drives. The offense is averaging 4.35 points per drive. That's a fantastic number. K-State would be in the top two in points per drive in Big 12 conference play. And he just made a couple of mistakes on Saturday. Two mistakes, in my opinion. Two bad balls where he threw that interception, a ball that should have never been thrown. He also threw a second pass in that very same nature. Luckily, it wasn't picked off, but the first one was taken back for a pick six. He was able to overcome those mistakes. The team did as well. Here's Will Howard from Saturday speaking with the media after the game. Jump up fourteen nothing and it goes right back to fourteen fourteen. It was like, okay, this is on. We're oh yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. We uh, we there was a lot of scoring that went on in that first quarter and in that first half, but um, we knew we had to stay neutral no matter what. And you know, we got a big play on defense, and you know, they made a good play on you know, I made a bad bad play, and but we were able to come back from it. And you know, I think that shows a credit to our team's character for just you know continuing to rally around me and, and knowing that you know we would bounce back from that, and uh, and that was big time. You know, because we could we could have folded. I feel like a younger me would have would have maybe you know came back a little differently. But you know, after just maturing a little bit, I feel like it was uh, it was definitely you know I, I felt like I almost used tried to use it as motivation. You know, just try to come back you know stronger from it. And uh, you know, we we played a heck of a game, and you know, all 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 facets. You know, we we pulled it out. 
What was that West Virginia front? They seemed to keep you on the move a little bit. Those, those dudes could play. They were they were good uh, good ball players, and you know that that's Stills kid has been there forever, and um, he's a, yeah one of you know they're they're all been there forever. But man, they're good players, and you know they they uh, they gave me some gave me some trouble, and um, but you know we were able to at the end of the day you know find ways to get the ball to my hand quickly and find ways to uh, take advantage of what they were doing, and and you know came out with the win. So. What kind of emotions were you feeling with family and friends? I was just excited to get the opportunity to play in front of them because normally I don't really have much family. It's usually one of my parents is at, you know, every game. Uh, but this one, you know, is only a four-hour drive for me. So I was uh, I was fired up to, to be able to play for them and and uh, you know just just be able to look up and, and see all of them. It, it's it it feels good. It feels good. I know you don't want to turn the ball over, but mm -hmm. to have it happen and be able to respond to it is that a big plus moving forward too? I think it's big for me personally and for us as an offense to be able to to show that we can bounce back from adversity. And I know that this team is is so good at, at you know handling adversity and bouncing back from it and being able to stay neutral you know that's kind of our, our motto we want we want to always stay neutral and I think we really did a really good job of that today and you know every game nothing's not everything's going to go perfect and you know obviously want that play back for myself um, you know was not was not a good play by me but you know at the end of the day our ability to come back and 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 put some more points on the board and just keep keep things rolling was was huge now people want to look to next week but you guys don't necessarily want to do that just yet how do you explain what that thought processes yeah we you know coach said in the locker room after the game he said you know tomorrow we're gonna worry about next week but you know we're gonna enjoy this one today and and uh you know have fun on the plane ride home and and just you know get with the uh the band when we get back there and have you know enjoy this one today and then you know we know it's 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 our process mindset every week um one day at a time and you know we know we got a big one next week and but we're gonna start worrying about that one tomorrow do you know the words of country roads Oh yeah, we were actually we were singing it in the uh, in the locker room. Yeah, oh yeah, it was it was fun. It well, was good. Since you've taken over as quarterback, you've uh, had good games throwing to several different receivers. Today it was several different receivers. How nice is that to know that whoever you're throwing to is gonna make plays for you? It's huge. It's huge. Uh, Malik had a really good day today. Ben made some really good plays for me. Uh, Cade, Phil, all those guys. Do and having Deuce and DJ out of the backfield, um, just. For a quarterback, in terms of confidence, knowing that I can put the ball out for them and, and they can go make a play is, is huge for me just because I know I don't have to be perfect all the time because made some throws and, you know, sometimes it's not going to be a perfect throw, but knowing that, you know, Malik or, or Ben or whoever is just going to go make an ac acrobatic catch, like, it just, it just you know, kind of takes a lot of pressure off me. And, it, and, you know, being able to just, you know, pound a ball on Malik at 16 yards and, and let him make a guy miss and go for 43, like, that's huge. It, it, it makes my job easy. And given how poorly things went the last time you were here as a quarterback, how much redemption, or do you feel like in any way you've kind of come full circle to play like this here today? Yeah, no doubt. I, I definitely had this one circled. Um, didn't have a good memory of, of being here last, um, and I wanted to change that and was able to, and I'm really glad that I did um, and that we did, you know, because it was a good team, and they're a really good home, home team, and uh, – you know, so this was a, a big time, big quality win, and, and um, I'm excited about it. He's been your position coach, but how different is it for you having Colin Klein as your coordinator this year as opposed to just the position coach? It's really good. You know, he uh, being able to be in meetings with him every day is, is huge, and just, you know, we kind of, we, we as we kind of go, we think the same. You know, we kind of, 
uh, it gets to a point where you know he's saying you know I'm seeing this and I'm yeah well, I'm thinking the same thing and just because the things that we've watched all week and the things that we've done um, you know we we've done everything together so uh, just being able to have that guy that you know I've been been through the fire with a little bit and and uh, yeah it, it definitely it's definitely been fun to work with him and you can feel this he's he's calling some really good plays right now. What, what was Adrian's role this week? Adrian's been really good. I mean, he he's handled this adversity that he's going through really well because you know, in a situation like that, it's not easy. And, and I I get I've been saying to him, you know, I'm doing this for you, man. We're doing this for you, and um, I, I give a lot a lot of credit to him because he could, you know, he could go in, on the side and not be very involved and and kind of you know be pouty and feel sorry for himself, but he doesn't do that you know he's right in there you know I'm, I'm coming over the sideline asking him what what he's thinking what he's seeing I did that probably three four times a day what, what do you see on this one what do you and you know we're able to have those conversations same conversations that you know we have when you know he's when I, when he's in there and when you know I'm on the sideline and and you know just because we have that relationship it's uh it's it's really good and I'm 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 thankful for how he's he's handling this and that's Will Howard K-State quarterback who started against West Virginia. Now we'll get, I'm sure, another update on Adrian Martinez with the press conference tomorrow. But I would for certainly say, I feel very certain that Will Howard will be the guy uh, this coming Saturday against the Kansas Jayhawks, which is a 7 o'clock kickoff. Power K game will be at 3 in the afternoon. When we come back, we'll wrap up our one Wild Ken Insider with a look back this past weekend in the Big 12 next. We are on until 5.30. That's when the K-State Sports Network takes over with the Cats taking on Rhode Island. We'll talk more about that matchup coming up at 5.10. Right now, look back at the Big 12. The other four games that took place this past Saturday, let's actually start with the game in Lawrence uh, because, of course, KU will be the next opponent. We saw the return of Jalen Daniels, and boy, did it not go well for Kansas. I mean, Texas absolutely Dominated this matchup with the Longhorns winning 55-14. to KU couldn't run the ball. Heck, they could barely throw it in the first half. Jalen Daniels was rusty for sure. Off the money early. But he still finished with 232 touchdowns and interception. I mean, all the, you know, that was garbage time anyway. Garbage yardage, garbage touchdowns. If you take away a 15-yard run for the KU rushing attack, they finished with like 2.9 yards a carry. Meanwhile, Texas ran for 427 yards. Bijan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, those two ran all over KU. Bijan Robinson finished for 25 carries, 243 yards. Four touchdowns. He averaged 9.7 yards per carry. There was nothing Kansas can do. God, I hope I hope Deuce gets at least a buck fifty. A buck fifty. I th- I would set the over under at a buck fifty after seeing what took place. Ku could not. I mean, even just their pursuit angles, just trying to get in a spot to tackle Bijan Robinson was terrible. Texas was up 31 nothing at the half. And they did not let up, by the way, in the second half. Uh, so Texas now seven and four, five and three, and KU falls to six and five. They're now three and five in conference play. Now the finish of the week was no doubt about it. Baylor hosting TCU. Baylor holding on by two points. Final possession for TCU, like thirty seconds left. They run the ball to the right to try to give their kicker uh, Griffin Kell 
a spot where he is comfortable with kicking it. And then as the clock is rolling, Sonny Dykes does not have any timeouts, runs the field goal team on while the clock is rolling, fire drill kick uh, field goal, and TCU made it a 40-yarder to win 29-28. Horn Frogs are still undefeated at 11-0. And then another first-quarter story was Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and my God, it couldn't have gone worse for Oklahoma State. Because Spencer Sanders plays and he throws three interceptions in the first quarter. I couldn't believe how bad Oklahoma State was early on. Horrible. And nonetheless, Oklahoma scored all their points in the first quarter. 28 points. They couldn't be stopped. K-State and West Virginia both couldn't be stopped, it seemed like, in that first half. Oklahoma State scored 13 points to lose 28-13. My goodness. And then I I suppose the last one was Texas Tech-Iowa State. Congratulations to Texas Tech becoming bowl eligible, winning 14-10 in an absolute snoozer at Jack Trice Stadium. So Iowa State now cannot become bowl eligible, and neither can uh, West Virginia. But there will be eight teams representing the Big 12 in bowl games this year. All right, we're off at 5.30. Coming up next, we're going to preview K-State and Rhode Island the only way I know how. And that's with Mitch Palm with a new intro. Coming up after the break, your local news is next.